Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast, a podcast recorded at LifeGate Church in Burleson, Texas. We hope you enjoy the talk, and be sure to stick around for more at the end. It's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. And we learned last week that so many times it's the small things that make the greatest difference in our life. That so many times we'll look at someone and we'll say, man, I wish I was where they are. Maybe we see someone who is a little bit ahead of us in life and we look at them and we think, man, I wonder. And they must be doing some really big things to get them where they are in life. And many times we might even think, man, I could never do those big things. Those things are too big for me to ever do. But what we learned last week is we learned that it's often the smallest of things that are repeated on a continual basis in our lives that make the greatest difference in our lives. It's the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. And last week, we started by just kind of giving you a little bit of a homework assignment. Just a little small thing that we believe will make a great difference in your life this year. We said we want you to pray and seek God. And we want you to ask God to give you one word. Everybody say one word. One word. Just one simple word, one small word that will be the focus and that will drive the rest of your life. And we made this kind of homework. We said, don't come back next week without having your one word. So how many of you did your homework this past week? Raise your hand. All right, put them down. How many of you didn't do your homework? I know some of you are afraid to do your homework. If you didn't do your homework, your one word is procrastination, all right? <laughs> I'm just saying. Now, if you didn't do your homework, that's okay. We believe in grace around here. You still have time to do that. We're going to work on that a little bit this week. Maybe some of you weren't here last week, but I would challenge you to pick one word and not just pick a word, but ask God to show you, to give you direction, one word that will be the focus of your life for the next year. And as you have this one word and you begin to focus on this one word, I believe God wants to do some big things in your life. With this one small difference, God can make some big differences in your life. And last week we talked about in this series, we're just going to talk about three areas that we're going to make some small changes. And as we make these small changes in these three areas, the result's going to be some big difference in our life. We talked about how we're just going to make some small changes in the way that we think and some small changes in the way that we speak and some small changes in the way that we act. Our thoughts and our words and our behaviors, our habits. And as we make changes in these areas this year, I believe God's going to do some really big stuff in our life. So today what we're going to do is we're just going to dive right into this first area of change and we're going to be talking about our thoughts. Everybody say thoughts. If you got your Bibles, in fact, why don't you go ahead and turn with me to the book of Proverbs. It's in the Old Testament. The book of Proverbs, chapter 4 and verse number 23. The Bible has a lot to say about the way that we think. The way that we think will impact our life in huge ways. In fact, in Proverbs 4 and 23, it says, Give careful guard for your thoughts. They become the source of true 
life. The truth is, the way that we think will affect our lives. The thoughts that we have on a continual basis have the power to shape and to define who we will become. In fact, the scripture says it like this in Proverbs 23 and verse 7. The proverb writer says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You see, the way that you think has incredible power to define, to shape who you are and what you will become. In fact, let me just illustrate it like this. How many have ever been just going through your day and just kind of having a normal day and then all of a sudden, just kind of out of nowhere on a normal day, something will trigger a thought? You, you know what I'm talking about? Like maybe you're just driving down the road and a song comes on the radio and it just triggers a memory or it triggers a thought or maybe you see something on a billboard or maybe you see someone that you haven't seen in a long time or you read something and it just it just triggers a thought. But here's the thing is that Thoughts don't just stay thoughts. How many know what I'm saying? Like they kind of morph into emotions, right? Have you ever thought something that later kind of made you feel something? Like you hear a song on the radio and, and you have a thought and then that thought becomes an emotion. Maybe you have, maybe you have a thought that then kind of starts to turn into sadness or maybe you have a thought that kind of starts to turn into anger or maybe you have a thought that kind of starts to go from a thought to maybe feeling some, some feelings of depression. How many know what I'm talking about, right? And your thoughts lead to emotions, but it doesn't stay there either, does it? Because your emotions, what do they do? They begin to lead to actions. How many have ever acted on how you feel before, right? And it all starts with a thought. Maybe you, maybe you think a sad thought and then you start feeling the emotions and the feelings of sadness. And then out of that sadness, there's, there's typically an action that maybe you go to the store and get a whole, you know, gallon of Bluebell and eat it all. How many know what I'm saying? And a thought leads to an emotion, leads to an action. Maybe you have a thought that makes you start kind of feeling angry. And then out of that feeling of anger, you snap at your wife or at the kids. How many know what I'm saying, right? Or maybe you, you have a thought that makes you feel a little bit depressed. And then you, you wake up one morning and you're feeling depressed. And you don't want to get up out of bed. And so you call in sick for work. And you just sit around all day playing Xbox. How many know what I'm talking about, right? And a thought leads to an emotion, and an emotion leads to an action. And here's, here's, the, here's the problem, is that the scripture tells us that we got to carefully guard our thoughts because they will shape our lives. So if you allow your thoughts to turn into emotions, to turn into actions, it's okay to do that every now and then. But if you allow that small thing to become a habit in your life, guess, up, guess what? One day you'll wake up and find yourself not really where you wanted to be in life. A thought leads to an emotion, leads to an action, leads to a habit, leads to something that you didn't want in your life. You wake up and you're feeling depressed, you're thinking depressed thoughts, you begin to feel depressed, you call in sick, you sit around and play Xbox, and if you do that enough times, you don't have a job. You're feeling sad and you 
you wake up and you decide to eat a whole gallon of ice cream. And if you do that a whole bunch of times, you wake up and you got a you got an overweight problem, or you've got a or you've got a problem in your marriage because you thought you thought angry thoughts that led to angry emotions that led to snapping at the kids or the wife. And your thoughts lead to emotions, lead to actions, lead to your life. That's why our thoughts are so important. In fact, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Man, that's so powerful. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. If you think, I could never do it, I'm never going to be good enough, guess what? Probably you won't. If you're constantly thinking life just stinks and today's going to be a bad day, guess what? It probably will be a bad day. But if you begin to think, hey, maybe I can do it and maybe God has called me to do something greater than what I am doing. And if you begin to start thinking, man, there are opportunities out there. Guess what? You might begin to see those opportunities when you begin to start thinking these thoughts that maybe God really is for me and God really does love me. Then you will sense his power and presence presence in your life. Your thoughts make a huge difference. Small thoughts that make a big difference in our lives. Life will continually move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So this year, if you want your life to be different, then you're going to have to change the way you think. Everybody say, change the way you think. In fact, I think that's what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 12. Verse number two, check it out. He says, don't copy the behaviors or the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by what? By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I'm telling you, if you want to be transformed in your life, if you want 2015 to be different than 2014, here's where it all starts. It starts right here with our thoughts. It starts with the things that, that we think. We, God transforms us how? By the renewing of our mind, by changing the way that we think. So here's what we're going to do this morning. We're just going to talk about how do we change the way that we think. How do we renew our mind? And I'm just going to give you three little things, three little tips to help you with that. And then we're going to wrap it up today by just thinking about what is one thought that God would give us for the year that would help to, help to uh, guide and help to transform our life this year. So if you're taking notes, write these three things. Three things about the way that we think. If we want to change the way that we think, the first thing we got to do is we got to recognize. Everybody say recognize. First thing you got to do is you got you to recognize when a thought comes into your mind, you have to recognize that thought for what it really is. You see, so many of us, here's the, here's the problem for so many of us, is that we are so undisciplined in our thinking. Like, we don't even know what we're thinking about. I could probably ask you right now, what are you thinking about? And you probably couldn't even tell me because you, you're not thinking about what you're thinking about, Right? And here's the thing, if you, want to, if you want to change the way that you think, then you've got to start by recognizing thoughts for what they are. You've got to start by thinking about what you're thinking about. So we're just going to do a little exercise here this morning. This is going to take some class participation here today. If you've got your, your uh, worship guide, why don't you pull it out. Inside your worship guide today, there's, there's a, little, uh, a little, we're going to call it a thought audit, all right? This is what it is. You've got a little chart there on your 
your worship guide. And what we're going to do is just in the past, in the past week, we're just going to kind of chart our thought life. All right? You've got a line there that says worried thoughts. And then you've got on the other side, it says peaceful thoughts. You've got some numbers in there, 1 through 10. Then you've got one that says negative thoughts, positive thoughts, some numbers, worldly thoughts, eternal thoughts, some, some numbers. And here's what we're going to do. We're just going to break it down. And for the past, in the past week, let's just say in the past seven days, let's just do kind of a little audit. Just kind of think about what we've been thinking about. Maybe some of you here today may be on, maybe on the worried side. Maybe you thought some worried thoughts this week. How many of you thought some worried thoughts this week? You know, maybe like, man, I'm worried about my kids or I'm worried about, you know, things that are happening in the economy or I'm worried about my job or I'm worried about money or whatever. And so if your thoughts have been this week more on the worried side, you might circle a one or a two or a three or others of you may Maybe, maybe this week you'd be able to think about what you've been thinking about and you might be able to say, no, man, I've been a little bit more on the peaceful side. You know, I've been just trusting God and I've been, you know, hey, there's some things I could have worried about, but I've just been, you know, I've got peace in my heart and even when things are going bad, I'm just kind of trusting God that things are going to work out good and maybe you would be more over to the seven or the eight side. So just take just a second and just think about what you've thought about this past week. Is it is it more on the, is it more on the worried side or is it more on the peaceful side? Go ahead and circle there somewhere on that chart. Others of you, now we, as we look at this, at this next part of the chart, we see some negative thoughts. How many ever thought some negative thoughts before? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you even have the gift of negativity. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. Some of you, that's exactly where you're at. Mine, I mean, you just constantly looking on the, on the bad side. You're just kind of one of those glass, half empty kind of people. And maybe this week, in the past seven days, just think about the things that you've been thinking about. Have you thought... Some negative thoughts. Maybe have you thought some critical kind of thoughts? Maybe you kind of maybe you walked into church this morning and you just found something. Man, they got new tile here and it's still dirty. I don't know. It's hot in here. Whatever. And and man, you just walk in and, and you're just looking around. You're just seeing you see someone and you're like, I can't believe they're wearing what they're wearing, or whatever it is. And you got negative thoughts, you got critical thoughts, you got you got a discontented type of of thoughts, if that's you, then you need to write a little circle around the one or the two or the three or whatever there. Or maybe some of you, maybe you're on the other side and this week you've done really good at thinking positive thoughts. That even when you had a bad day, you were thinking thinking some positive things. Or maybe you even walked in this morning and you're like, man, it's just a great day. I know it's cloudy outside and it's rainy, but man, I'm here to worship God and God is so awesome and I just love people. I can't wait to be around people. And if that's you, then you need to circle over there on the eight or the nine or whatever, all right? How many, how many tracking with me on this, right? So just take a second and do that. Just, just put a little circle down there. How about this one? How about, how about worldly thoughts? How many of you have been thinking some worldly thoughts? I won't ask you to raise your hand on this one this morning, but... Maybe, maybe some thoughts of, you know, what kind of car I'm driving, or maybe some thoughts of the kind of clothes that I'm going to wear, or what people are thinking about me, or maybe this week, a lot of you had some real, a lot of worldly thoughts about football, I don't know, or the Cowboys going to win, or any of those kinds of things, and you, you're thinking those thoughts, maybe you want to circle over on that side of the scale. Others of you, though, maybe, maybe you woke up this morning thinking some eternal thoughts, thinking, how can I make a difference for the kingdom of God? 
how can I use what I have? How can I use my money and my time and my resources to really make an impact? And you're thinking some eternal thoughts. And here's what I'm, here's what I'm asking you to do. Even just in the last seven days, to just kind of just chart, just kind of recognize what kind of thoughts am I, am I thinking. And here's the deal, that none of us here this morning can probably write down a 10, 10, 10. How many know what I'm saying? Like we all struggle with this area of our thoughts. And if you didn't write down 10, 10, 10 this morning, let me tell you, this sermon is for you. And the truth is, our thoughts will direct our life. You will continually move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And if your strongest thoughts are worried thoughts... If your strongest thoughts are negative and critical thoughts, if your strongest thoughts are worldly thoughts, guess what? Your life will be moved in the direction of your strongest thoughts. But if your strongest thoughts are thoughts of peace and thoughts of God's, of trusting God, and if your strongest thoughts are thoughts of positive things, thinking on the things of God's word and the things of God, if your strongest thoughts are eternal thoughts, then that will be the direction direction of your life. If you want to change your life, it starts by changing your thoughts. It's not easy to do because the world is constantly pulling us towards the wrong side of the scale. The world's constantly telling us, you need to worry about this, you need to worry about that. The culture is constantly telling us, criticize this, criticize that, be negative about this or that. You constantly, you scroll through Facebook and you see all kinds of negative stuff and negative words. The world is constantly pulling us towards worldly thoughts. You need to buy this and you need to think about what people are thinking about you and all of these thoughts that are leading us completely in the opposite direction of what what God wants for our lives. So we got to recognize, you got to think about what you're thinking about. Number two, check this out. If you're taking notes, first thing we're going to do is we're going to recognize. Second thing we're going to do is we're going to remove. Everybody say remove. We're going to recognize these kinds of thoughts, and then we're going to remove these kinds of thoughts from our thought pattern. In fact, that's what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 12. He says, he says, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. In other words, I don't want you to think the way the world thinks. The world is constantly saying criticize. The world is constantly saying worry. The world is constantly saying you need this or that or something else to be happy. But Paul says, I don't want you to think the way the world thinks. You are not of this world and so you need to think in a different way that you recognize those type of worldly thoughts and you remove those kinds of thoughts from your thought pattern don't be don't be conformed to the pattern of this world any longer but be transformed everybody say transformed be transformed by changing the way that you think. And then in, in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 4, Paul teaches us how we can change the way we think, how we can be transformed in our thinking. Look what he says in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse number 4. He says, For the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world, but on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And we demolish arguments of every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, here's the first thing you've got to realize this morning is that you're in a battle. 
You're in a war, and the war is taking place right up here in your mind. The war takes place in the things that you think. But here's the good news this morning. The good news is that you have power to win the battle. That's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, you've got power. You know that word power there in the Greek is the word dunamis. Everybody say dunamis. And you know where we get our, you know where we get the word dynamite? It comes from that word dunamis. The Bible says that we have dynamite power to demolish those thoughts, those patterns of thinking in our lives. That there's a battle that's going on right up here in our minds in the way that we think. But the Bible says that God has given us power to overcome this kind of thinking. He's given us power to demolish strongholds. Everybody say strongholds. What in the world is a stronghold? Well, that word stronghold comes from a Greek word, and the Greek word for stronghold actually, actually means to be held prisoner by deception. You know, that's where a lot of people live. We're held captive by, by lies. We're held captive by deception. In fact, that's what the enemy wants to do. That's where he attacks us the most. The battle is going on right up here in our mind. And what he wants to do is he wants to deceive us. He wants to lie to us. In fact, he's, the Bible says that he is a liar and the father of lies. That everything that comes out of Satan's mouth is a lie. And he wants to try to, he wants to, try to hold us captive by keeping us, keeping us in the dark, by, by deceiving the way that we think you'll, you'll never be good enough you're always going to be that way your mom was that way your dad was that way your grandparents were that way you're never going to change you're always you're always going to be out of shape you're always going to be broke you're never going to get the debt paid off and these thoughts that hold us captive which are lies deceptions from the enemy strongholds that are thoughts that hold us captive and the enemy wants us to think things that are not true because he knows that if we know the truth the truth will then set us free so we got to recognize when that thought comes into my mind, you're not good enough. You'll never be able to lose the weight. You'll never be able to get out of debt. You'll never be able to have a great marriage. When that thought comes into your mind, you recognize it for what it is. It's a lie. It's a deception from the enemy. And you begin to remove that way of thinking from your thought process. In fact, I love the way Jeremiah says it in Jeremiah 12 and verse number 3. Look what he says. He says, yet you know me, O Lord, and you see me. And look what... Look Look what the Bible says. It says, you test my thoughts about you. And I, I love this word picture. And he says, now take these thoughts and drag them off like a sheep to be butchered. Set them apart for the day of slaughter. Man, what a, what a powerful word picture that is. Jeremiah says, God, you know my thoughts. You know the thoughts that hold me captive. You know the strongholds, the deceptions, the lies that I tend to believe in my mind. Here's what he says I want you to do. God, I want you to remove them from my life. But I don't just want you to remove them. I don't want you to just take them out. I want you to set them apart like a lamb for the slaughter. I want you to destroy them. Like Paul says, I want you to demolish the strongholds. I want you to completely be rid of this kind of thinking in my life. So we're going to recognize. Everybody say recognize. We're going to remove. Everybody say remove. Then check this out. Not only are we going to recognize this way of thinking, not only are we going to remove this way of thinking from our thought pattern, but we're going to replace 
these thoughts, the good thoughts, the godly thoughts. In fact, check this out. We studied this a few weeks ago in Philippians chapter 4, but I love this. I love this verse. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7, look what it says. It says, fix your thoughts on what is bad, on what is horrible, on what is not going well in your life. Some of you are like, that's not what it says there. What is it? That's not what it says. Look what it says. Philippians 4, 7. Finally, brothers, whatever is what? Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, look what it says to do. Think about such things. Paul says instead of focusing constantly on the negative thoughts, instead of worrying and being negative and critical or discontent, what are we going to do? We're going to focus our minds on the things that are good, on the things that are lovely, on the things that are admirable, on the things that are praiseworthy, on the things that are excellent. We are going to remove the negative thoughts, the critical thoughts, the worldly thoughts. We're going to remove those from our way of thinking and we are going to replace them with good thoughts, with with godly thoughts, with excellent thoughts, with praiseworthy thoughts, with things that are the things that are good. We remove and we replace. Now, here's the deal this morning, though. This is a hard thing to do. How many have ever discovered this is tough stuff? You know what I'm talking about? Because the truth is, is that we have been thinking the way that we think probably all of our lives. In fact, it's become such a pattern. In fact, that's why Paul called it a pattern. It's a pattern in our life. We've thought like this since we were kids. And so how many know it's difficult to break habits and patterns in our life? It's, it's not going to be easy. And I, I've told you this before, but it's, it's kind of like learning a new language. Some of you maybe at the beginning of the year, maybe that was one of your uh, New Year's resolutions or your goals for the year. You wanted to learn a new language. How many of you speak more than one language? Raise your hand. Speak more than one language. Oh, there's nobody? Oh, a couple, couple over here. All right. All right. I speak. I, didn't, I don't know if you knew, but I speak Spanish. I really do. Taco, enchilada, fajita, guacamole. You know, come on. You know what I'm talking about? Actually, I don't, I don't speak Spanish, but here's what I've heard, is that, that people who learn a new, la- a new language, is that when you first start to learn a new language, it's really kind of awkward. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because here's what you do, is, is you hear someone speak in Spanish, and you have to hear what they spoke in Spanish, and then you, in your mind, you have to translate that into English, and then you have what you want to say back to them in English, you think of that, and then you have to, in your mind, translate it into Spanish. Spanish, and then you speak it to them in Spanish, and that can be pretty awkward, kind of, kind of bulky, kind of, you know, kind of difficult to do. And here's what I've heard: is that for a while, that's what you do. You hear them speak in Spanish, you translate in your mind to English, then you think what you're going to say back to them in, in English, you translate it into Spanish, and then you say it. But after a while, like maybe it's two or three or four or six months, maybe it's a year. In fact, some people will the way they learn to speak another language is they just completely immerse themselves in that culture. I have some friends who are missionaries and the way that they learn is basically just go and live there for a year and then after a year they come back and they are, they're fluent in Spanish. And I've heard that after, after some time being fully immersed in the culture that for a while it's so bulky, it's like I hear it and I translate it and then I translate it and then I speak it and whatever. But somewhere along the way something just clicks. Something changes. And suddenly you're not thinking in English and then translating to Spanish and then speaking, but suddenly you begin to think in 
Spanish. Here's the deal is that at first when you begin to try to make these thoughts in the way or make these changes in the way that you think at first, it's not going to be easy because you've trained yourself all of your life to think the negative thoughts or to think the worldly thoughts or to think the critical thoughts or to think the discontented thoughts. And all your life, that's the way you've thought. But when you begin to start changing the way you think just a little bit at a time, maybe it takes a few weeks, maybe it takes a few months, maybe it takes a year, but when you immerse yourself in the word of God and in the presence of God and when you begin to take captive every thought and you begin to demolish every stronghold and you begin to, when a thought comes into your mind, you recognize it, you take it captive for what it is and I think a negative thought, but I recognize what that is and I immediately remove it from my life and I immediately replace good thoughts into my mind for a week or two or a few months or maybe even a a few years it's difficult and it's kind of awkward and it's kind of kind of strained and kind of bulky but somewhere along the way something begins to click and something begins to change and suddenly I'm not thinking world thoughts anymore but instead I'm thinking godly thoughts I'm thinking on things that are good and pure and excellent and praiseworthy and it begins to transform me from the inside out it's so good man I'm getting excited up here about it begin to think on good things. You recognize thoughts that come into your mind for what they are. Immediately remove those thoughts. Take them captive and remove them from your life. Set them apart like a lamb for the slaughter to be destroyed. And you replace them with good and godly thoughts. And when that happens, God begins to transform you from the inside out. Instead of thinking worry and fear, I begin to think faith. Instead of thinking negative, I begin to think positive and excellent. Instead of thinking critical, I begin to think praiseworthy. Instead of thinking discontent, I begin to think praise and thanksgiving to God. And before I know it, I got a new thought language and God begins to transform my life from the inside out. That's what Paul was saying in Romans 12 and verse 2. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good and pleasing and perfect will for your life. They say, all right, pastor, that's good, but where do we go from here? What we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to make some small changes in the way that we think that's going to result in some big differences in our life this year. And last, last week I told you, I prayed to God and asked God for one word. And I told you that we're going to build upon that one word this week. And from that one word, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to ask God to reveal to us one thought, one thought that will come right out of that one word that will be what we will continually think about throughout the year. I told you last year that God, or last week, that God had given me a word for this year, and that word is invest. In fact, from that word invest, God gave me a scripture that is found in Proverbs 13 and verse 22. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And so, as God is leading me, my whole goal for the year is to invest in my family, is to invest in our finances for our future, is to invest here in the church that we're going to invest in relationships, we're going to invest in leaders, especially we're going to be 
be investing in the next generation. And God gave me, gave me a word for my life and for this church of, that we're going to invest. We're going to leave an inheritance for our children and for their children. And out of that one word, there's one thought that is just helping to drive everything that I do this year. I've been focusing on this thought almost every single day, and that one thought is this, is that I will choose tomorrow's readiness instead of today's happiness. I will choose tomorrow's readiness over today's happiness. And over and over in my mind, I've just been telling myself, I will choose tomorrow's readiness over today's happiness. I will choose tomorrow's readiness over today's happiness. In fact, I put it on my phone, the screensaver on my phone. Whenever I pull it up, it says, I will choose tomorrow's readiness over today's happiness. And can I tell you, we're only a little bit into the year, but it's transforming the way that I'm thinking and the way that I'm living. I mean, just, just this week, I'm sitting down, getting ready to have you know something to eat and instead of having a cheeseburger and french fries and a diet coke i had a cheeseburger with no bun and a water come on how many i'm saying and some sweet potato fries i mean you got to start somewhere you know what i'm saying and i'm thinking i'm choosing tomorrow's readiness over today's happiness i want to be healthy tomorrow even though i might not be happy today about it how many know what i'm saying instead of sitting down on the couch and watching few episodes of my favorite show, although I do that a little bit too, but instead, for a little bit, I got my rear end up off the couch, and I turned on the workout DVD, busted my tail working out. Why? Because I decided I'm going to choose tomorrow's readiness over today's happiness. This week, instead of scrolling through my Facebook feed for the millionth time, I decided to pick up the phone and call around to some different insurance companies and see how much money could we save on our insurance so that we could take that money and save it and invest it into our future so that one day I'm going to have to pay for my, for my kids to get their first car and some braces and all those weddings and all that kind of stuff, right? And I decided I'm going to choose tomorrow's readiness instead of today's happiness, week, I sat down and spent some time just brainstorming how could I be more intentional about teaching my kids. My little girl, Briley, is going to be 12, coming up in just about a month and a half, and I started brainstorming what could I do during her 12th year between the time that she's the last year before she's a full-fledged teenager. How could I be intentional about discipling her and about investing in her and investing in our life because I decided I'm going to choose tomorrow's readiness over today's happiness. And some of you are here today and you got a word. God has, God has given you a word. I'm going to ask you to take that word and turn that word into a thought, a thought that will drive your life for the rest of this year. Maybe some of you are here and maybe your word was, I want to be more selfless. And so maybe your thought would be more of him and less of me, more of him and less of me, more of him and less of me. And whenever you think I want to be selfish about a thing, you'll have that thought in your mind, more of him and less of me. Maybe some of you this morning, maybe your thought is, I want to be, or your word is, I want to be more generous this year. And so maybe your thought would be, you know, I truly believe it's more blessed to give than receive. I truly believe it's more blessed to give and then receive. So when you're wanting to be selfish and, you, and you're having a hard time being generous, you would think upon that thought, I truly believe it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Maybe some of you, your word would be serve. And maybe you would say, I will serve like Jesus served. I will serve like Jesus served. I will serve like Jesus served. 
and you would take that word and you would take that scripture and you would take that thought and maybe you'd put it up on your mirror. Maybe you'd put it up on the refrigerator door. Maybe you'd put it up in your car. Maybe you'd put it somewhere where you see it every single day. Maybe you would put it on the screensaver of your phone or your computer that every single day your life would be driven by that one focus, that one word that God has spoken to you for the year and you would think continually upon that and when the negative thoughts come or when the critical thoughts come or when the worried thoughts come or when the worldly thoughts come you would recognize those thoughts for what they are you would remove them and you would replace them with this thought that God has given you that would drive your life for the year and I truly believe with all of my heart if you would just do this one little small thing if you would just change the way that you would think it would begin to change the way you feel and it would begin to change the way that you act and it would begin to change your life because it all starts with your thoughts. Your life will be moving continually in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Guard your thoughts. They are the wellspring of life. For so as a man thinks in his heart, so he will. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to the LifeGate podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message. As always, if you're new to LifeGate or haven't heard of us before, please be sure to visit our website at LifeGateBurleson.com for our address, service times, and upcoming events. Again, that's LifeGateBurleson.com. Thanks again, take care, and we look forward to visiting with you next week.